Welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast, priceless inspiration and advice for street photographers everywhere. Hi, and welcome to episode 36 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine, and this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen. I know it's been a few weeks since our last podcast, and that's because my schedule has been absolutely crazy. We are uh, preparing to move out of state. We're moving down to the beautiful state of Virginia. And uh, I didn't realize how disruptive this move process is going to be. It's been absolutely nuts. But uh, we'll be moving down there in about three weeks and hopefully settling in pretty quickly. And once that happens, plan to get back to my regular schedule. Now, typically, we publish the podcast twice a month. And uh, we haven't published one since June. So this is probably our only one for the month of July. But we'll be getting back onto a regular schedule. Uh, I do want to tell you about our Facebook group. We started a new Facebook group uh, a couple of months ago. And it's growing pretty quickly. It, you know, it's still small compared to many Facebook groups. We've got uh, just about 200 people, but it's very active. We've got a lot of people sharing photos and creating discussions. If you're interested in checking it out and joining, all you have to do is go to talkstreetphotography.com. That's talkstreetphotography.com, and there'll be a link in the show notes. Now, it's a closed group, so you have to join. So just go to the page and click the blue join button and uh, we come through and add people pretty quickly, at least most of the time. So check it out. I think you'll really like it. And I do want to tell you about a change to our publishing schedule beginning in July. Uh, We used to publish on the third Friday of every month and we did that pretty uh, consistently for several years, but we decided to change it to the 15th of the month. That way it's easy to remember. So the 15th of every month, the magazine will come out. One of the missions of Street Photography Magazine is to give you, the photographer, a place to be noticed, to be seen in the world, to share your work to a a wide audience. And as you notice, many of our articles are written by our readers and other friends of the magazine. So if you have a project you're working on, or if you have a photo store you created, or if you have a piece of gear that you'd like to review, or you want to write about photographing in your own city or one of your favorite places, then we encourage you to submit your story to Street Photography Magazine. And the simple way to do it is just submit it to me at bob at streetphotographymagazine.com. We restrict the articles to a maximum of eight photographs. We do that on purpose because we want to make sure you're only showing your best work. And we like to have about 1,200 words of text to go along with it. People tend to read the articles more when they include text. So if you have something you're proud of, please send it in and we'll let you know if it meets our requirements. And finally, if you've been following the magazine for a while, you probably noticed that we don't have advertising. But we're making a slight change to that. And it's really something pretty new. We're very excited about it. We have a new program where anybody can promote workshops. So if you're a photographer who teaches workshops, other types of photography-related training, and uh, festivals as well. And it's something that you can do yourself. All you have to do is basically create 
something like a blog post. It's that simple. And it gives you instant access and visibility to our readers. Each promotion is seen by about 15,000 people a month. And it's highly targeted to street photographers, obviously. And you also receive weekly reports to tell you how many people saw your, your promotion, how many clicked on the links, and um, how many impressions you got. So it's really cool. And as a special introduction, we're giving you a free one-week trial. So you can sign up, try it out. And uh, if you like it, keep using it. If not, you can cancel it. The cost is only $49 a month, and it gives you the ability to really create as many promotions as you want. To sign up, all you have to do is go to streetphotographymagazine.com slash advertise. And all the information will be right there. So give it a try, and if you have any questions, just let me know. Our guest today is Scott Law. He's retired from the U.S. Army, and he was also a commercial photographer at one time. And he also operates a very active and interesting photography blog that's attracted many readers from around the world. And I encourage you to read it. Scott is an avid street photographer, and he lives in a, a very small town, so he has to actually travel into Salt Lake City to photograph, which he does frequently. And he's a seasoned world traveler who likes to photograph street life wherever he goes. So I think you'll really enjoy what Scott has to say. So grab yourself a beverage, unless you're driving. If you're in the car, don't do that. And uh, listen to my conversation with Scott Law. With me today is uh, street and travel photographer Scott Law. Scott, he's a subscriber to the magazine, and uh, he's a very active guy. Uh, he has a very active blog, which y'all got to check out sometime because uh, I really enjoy it. You know, it's nice to have somebody who has something to say. But Scott, he's, he's a world traveler. He's uh, a former professional photographer, and he's retired from the Army after 28 years. So I got to say thanks for your service, Scott. We all appreciate that. So welcome, Scott. Glad you could be with us today. Well, thank you. I'm tickled to be here. Yeah, it's really good to talk to you in person. You know, I've been been uh, you know reading your stuff for a while, and uh, like I said, it's always nice for someone to uh, you know that has something to say, other than just throwing pictures up there online, which I mean is a good thing as well. But before we get into that, uh, you know, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and. You know, how you, how you got into photography and street photography? Well, I uh, got my first camera. A uh, good friend of our family uh, worked in a little little uh, pharmacy convenience store, I guess. It'd be like a convenience store today, but this was back in the uh, uh, early 1960s, so many years ago. And, and for some reason, he... he thought you should have this camera and he got me this little $12 I think it was Argus and uh, and I thought you know this photography stuff is kind of fun and so I, j I just started taking pictures and learning how to take pictures and uh, enjoying it and so uh, that's that's really where I started and then later on uh, as I went into the army and got to places where I could uh, go through the PX system and stuff and get good cameras at a, a little bit more reasonable prices. Then I started upgrading my cameras. And uh, when I went to college, I, I took quite a few courses there uh, in photography, uh, just 
I don't know. I'm a very, very, as I think all photographers are, very visual people. And and uh, I never really realized that uh, I was a street photographer. But as I look back at the photos that I took for my own pleasure, it was of people because that's I love people. I love pe- uh, people being people, doing people things, and just living their lives. And uh, the more relaxed and natural, the better. So I've always loved the candid shots, uh, and uh, I just didn't know it until 50 years later. <laughs> so Tell somebody, that's really yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Until somebody put a name to it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get looking around on the internet and you say, well, that's kind of, yeah. Oh, that's called street photography. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm on the street doing it, you know? And so, yes, that's, that's most of my history. I mean, yes, I did do a lot of portraits and a lot of weddings and a little bit of commercial photography, but very darn little. And, uh, uh, while I was in the army, I kind of got away from it for a while and started doing a lot more video because, you know, old VCRs came out. Now we can watch this stuff on TV. And, and now I go back and kick myself for not doing, uh, an awful lot more of that in stills, but, but it is what it is. And, and I just enjoy the street photography now and getting out and watching people. I see you were an army photographer for a while. What's that about? All about? What does that entail? Well, the uh, I was mostly active duty, but there was a period of time where I was uh, with the National Guard while I went back and finished getting my degree, and uh, so kind of a break in the middle of the service. But I was, but I was in the National Guard, and they have what they call the Public Affairs Detachment. And uh, in the public affairs, uh, our, our job was to get the word out to the people what the National Guard is doing, so to the newspapers and the, uh, all the media. A uh, lot, lot different media then than there is now. This was in the uh, 70s. And so uh, I was the chief photographer uh, for, the, for the public affairs detachment there for about five or six years, and, and we were sent out on assignment to photograph what they were doing, whether they were jumping out of airplanes or whether they were cleaning up uh, messes or whether they were building bridges Hmm. or uh, whether they were training, a lot of training stuff uh, besides jumping out of airplanes. And uh, so we got to go out on those kinds of things, and that was a lot of fun. Did a lot of low-level helicopter, hanging out helicopters, <laughs> holding on the camera. That was a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was an exciting time and, and good experience. And, and we did both movie and still, although my uh, most of mine was in the still, but did, did some of both. So were you basically a photojournalist, but uh, doing work for the Army itself? I mean, yes, using that, that type of style a, of photography, right? That'd be a good, very good description of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how does how did that experience influence the photography you do to, today? Primarily, your street and travel work. Well, I would say uh, it gave me a little more confidence in uh, uh, 
knowing that the photos that I, I'm taking are, are going to turn out okay and be usable. And uh, there were, you know, you're in, in different kinds of circumstances that uh, uh, you might not be in as a regular professional photographer uh, doing portraits and weddings. Uh, photojournalists are in a, in a total different environment and so I, I would say just confidence in that area yeah because when you do that you actually you have access that normal people don't have like being able to hang out of a helicopter right yeah which is an exciting time <laughs> yeah I, uh, one of my favorite street photographers is uh, a guy named Don Springer I don't know if you know who he is he's um, publishes another magazine called the inspired eye he served uh, in vietnam in the 60s and uh carried a leica around with him uh, you know as he was you know being a, a soldier in the jungle right and, um that's really where he, he built a lot of his skills uh, and some of the photos he did from back then are, are pretty amazing I, I don't know did did you ever do that type of thing i mean did you serve in combat I actually did serve in Vietnam, but I was not in a combat. I was in a support role mm -hmm. uh, on on the base camp. Uh, I do have some some photographs. Uh, I, I, the closest I came to quote unquote combat was serving out uh, on the bunkers around the uh, uh, around the perimeter of our of the 25th Infantry Division uh, base camp. That's where I bought my first uh, SLR was while I was over there mm. and, and through the BX system. And it was a nice pen, a Sahi Pentax back then. That was the the ones that sold through the through the BX uh, and PX systems was the Asahi Pentax. And uh, I do have some of the pictures that I took back then. I One of my huge regrets you have people the other day somebody was saying i i have no regrets and i thought boy i wish i could say yeah. that one of my regrets is there were a lot of times when i a lot of pictures that i took that are are gone and i don't know where they went and i just didn't take care of them like i should have but i do still have a few of my photographs uh from vietnam and then uh, i went back to vietnam in march of this mm -hmm. year uh, eight, uh, t uh, 50 years. So from, from 1968, when I departed there to, uh, 2018, it was 50 years. And, uh, well, I got, I, I was really tickled with, uh, a lot of the street photography and you'll, you'll see several, anybody who goes on the yeah. blog or, or Flickr or anything, will see quite a few of those, those shots from, from there, because I did get out amongst the people this time. And last time I was you know, 99% of it was on that little restricted area of the base camp, which was maybe what, 15, 20 acres or, or something like that. Maybe a little more than that, but not much. Well, that's not very big. So, no. So this time, this time around, you got to actually go out and spend time with the regular people, obviously. Yes. Yeah. It looks, uh, looks nice. I, I, I would really like to go there myself. I, Spent a good bit of my youth avoiding going there, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like a nice place now. My daughter was just there a couple of years ago, 
Uh, well, I would uh, recommend it. I would definitely recommend it. We had a we had a wonderful time. I went one on on one of those escorted tours, mm-hmm. just because they take care of all the details. But you still get to get out and and get and I would get up you know a couple hours earlier before breakfast every morning and get out uh, and get among in the markets. I just loved watching the people setting up mm-hmm. for their markets. Yeah. And in Asia, a lot of people love to go out in the mornings and do their exercises. Uh, we found the same thing in China and Korea and uh, go out and, and photograph them doing their exercises in the morning. And just, again, people being people, it's uh, awesome. You know, I think that's probably a better um, better label for this genre of photography as opposed to street. Just people being people. That's Maybe I'll change the name of the magazine. <laughs> People magazine. No, I think that one's taken. <laughs> that one's taken. But yeah, good, good idea. Good idea. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great opportunity, and the food's not bad either. It's fun to it's fun to eat the different foods from the different uh, countries. I I like it. My wife has a little bit of a struggle with some of it, but uh, but I enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just to, to back up a little bit, uh, you said something about people having no regrets. I think the, those are people with very short memories. <laughs> I think so, too. But uh, I also, I'm sure. I took a lot of photographs back in the 70s, and most of them are gone. And I, now that we're getting ready to move, I think I'm hoping I'm going to find my negatives up in the attic somewhere. Oh, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? That'd be like a Christmas morning a hundred times over. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, I I've also lost a lot of photographs, you know, fairly recently, like in the last ten years, because I've they're scattered around on multiple computers, and that's another problem. It is. Yep. It re- really is. I, I'm looking to solve that problem myself, and when I do, I'm going to do a, a series of articles yeah. about just coming up with a system for managing all this stuff. That that would be a big seller, I'll tell you. Yeah, there's just I think there's just too many options, and you know we're constantly upgrading computers and hard drives and and things, and uh, I didn't realize how many old laptops I had, and I. Actually, put them all together. They're, I moved them into our new house, so they're not not accessible yet. But it's got to spend some time getting this stuff organized. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't want to get off track. Um, anyway, you are a very uh, very proficient blogger, and uh, I encourage anybody to to visit Scott's website. We'll put a link to it, but it's scottlawphotography.com. dot com. And I see. Well, you've got you got a nice website. With a very active blog, you've got you're on uh, Flickr and Facebook, you know, plus 500 PX. And um, before we talk about your blog specifically, I mean, how, how do you differentiate what goes on what platform? <laughs> if you have a, a way uh, to do that, uh, I don't. <laughs> it's the mood that I'm in at that particular moment. Yeah. I take a look at the picture and I say, okay, I'm going to put this here. And, and, uh, and then I think, well, maybe I should put it there too. You know, it, I, I 
hate to say it, but I, there is no organization to that. And there probably should be, but uh, it, it is what it is, you know. And uh, so I, I've actually started to try to think, okay, let's get a system here. Let's get a methodology that uh, part of the problem is then you go back to the pictures later and you look at them and you say, wait a minute. Did I post this anywhere? And then you spend all this time searching. <laughs> Did I already put this on Facebook? And uh, and I actually tag most of them now, where I said Facebook posted or Flickr, or, you know, blog posted or Flickr posted um, to try to help with that. But uh, I spend. It's kind of like when I'm trying to do a do-it-yourself project and you spend half the t or three-fourths mm -hmm. of the time looking for the tools before you get it done. Well, I spend too much time looking. To, Did I already post this somewhere uh, or here on this particular place? And uh, so, um, and photos sometimes will inspire uh, the, th the, the article. Uh, one of my latest posts on the blog uh, happened to be in a small town uh, or a smaller city, it wasn't a small town, a small city, and uh, where it's really difficult to find people for street photography. So I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about a little bit about, you know, how the difficulties if you don't live in New York or London or Hong Kong or uh, these places where the there's so much material available. So uh, that photo inspired the article and, and, and other times I think of the article and then go looking for the photo that fits it. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, no, <laughs> I don't have a method. I was hoping you had a secret formula that we could all, we could share with everybody. Maybe I yeah. And then they'll write an article about it on my blog. So there you go. Well, you do have a very active blog and you obviously spend a lot of time at it. And I just wondered, you know, what motivates you to take the time? It takes a long time to write a good post, to write a good article. You have to think it through and draft it and edit a couple of times. And so what motivates you to do this and to keep you going? Um, I, I've, I don't know. In the Army, I did an awful lot of, of training and stuff. I enjoy teaching, even though I'm not a professional teacher, haven't been a professional teacher, but... Uh, matter of fact, after I got out of the army, I, I spent some time teaching seminars, uh, around the country and, uh, which allowed me to get around the country a lot, but, uh, that always sounds more romantic than it is. It's mostly hard work in different locations, but anyway, the, um, I enjoy teaching and, and so I think the the blog gives me an opportunity to uh, to share my thoughts and ideas, uh, and people can take them for for what they're worth. And some people they may help. Uh, young people who are starting out may uh, get some little hint of an idea somewhere along the line, and and if that helps them, then wonderful. And uh, so. I think that's the, the driving force on it is just uh, helping other people uh, if, if it works for them. Yeah, because we, we constantly tell people to write about what they shoot. And uh, it really helps to understand what somebody was, what their thinking was behind any photograph. 
and um, the, the situation around it, and basically what you've learned from it. And so few of us do, myself included. I have to really force myself to write. Um, and I think that's not uncommon for visual people. But, uh, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, you've got, got a nice formula there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and I, I do like your last post about uh, you don't have to be in New York City to be a street photographer, which is something a lot of people struggle with. Well, I know I've heard you you make comments uh, where uh, in New York City, I think you said in a, a previous uh, podcast something about you can't open your car door without hitting a, a street photographer. I know, I said that. There's a lot of them there. And, of course, there's just a lot of people in general. But, yeah, you're right. But uh, that's not true where I live. And... Uh, so I I have to drive about twenty miles uh, to to get to where there are, where there are people. The only the people where I live they're getting out of their cars and walking into the grocery store, uh, and then back to their car. There's nobody conversing with anybody or sharing anything with anybody. Or uh, yeah, they're still human being humans being human, but uh, it's pretty boring as far as visually visually it's not exciting and uh you know they're picking up the fruits and, and testing them but that's on private property mm -hmm. so you don't uh, so uh, but so what you drive 20 miles or get on rapid transit if you've got it in your community and and go down there and spend some time watching people being people and it's just to me that's uh, fun and and recording it is fun yeah, because even doing it in a smaller town, um, you're pretty noticeable. Exactly. Uh, my kids, they say, how do you do that, Dad? It's like freaky. And and you do. You have to be careful with that. Now, you go to New York City or London or, you know, the, the, the places that are so popular for it, and people don't even notice a person with a camera unless you're getting out the big old canon with the mm -hmm. you know 300 millimeter lens or whatever uh but they don't notice it they don't know whether you're taking pictures of the buildings or well you know you're a tourist you're of course taking pictures well you go to to a smaller city and you're a suspect the minute you've got a camera in your hands okay and an awful lot of my photographs especially local area ones yesterday i was out uh taking some and I going back through them, I noticed that in, you know, probably 20% of them, there are people looking at me saying, what are you doing with that camera? Uh, and, and so, but I enjoy the expressions and seeing, you know, as long as I don't offend anybody too badly where they want to come and punch me out, uh, I'm okay. And I haven't been punched out yet, but and sometimes they'll actually smile at you and say, oh, you know, uh, and, and then others give you the look. Yeah, I was in a local park, uh, Metro Park, the other day, and uh, I was just uh, got a new wide, wider lens on my camera, and, and uh, I was just taking some shots from the hip as I was walking the dog by, you know, some crowds and stuff, and I went back and looked at the pictures, and there were several of them where people were looking straight at the camera on my hip. 
So, yeah. Yep. Uh, you you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. You go to parks and stuff where you're not in the big cities and they, they're, you're suspect, but, but that's okay. They're still just people being people and that's okay. And in case uh, the listeners don't know, Scott lives in a small town. He lives in Utah in a town called West Point. So I would imagine you have to travel into Salt Lake or some other town to, to really do some street photography. Is that true? Yes, 90% of my local street photography is in Salt Lake City. And they have some, some good little areas there. I'm I'm discovering more and more of them all the time. Discovered some new ones yesterday that uh, had a lot of people and quite a few people. And uh, so, yes, so it's about a 20-mile uh, trip into town to, to do the street photography. Yeah, so if somebody were visiting Salt Lake, where would you recommend they uh, they shoot? Well, go right downtown. Uh, there's um, and and Salt Lake City does have a downtown area. Uh, they, there are other little satellite communities and stuff too. But um, obviously, Salt Lake City is famous for the Mormon Temple Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of tourists and stuff there. What you'll see there, a lot of the workers and stuff are always in uh, uh, suits and ties, uh, and but a lot of tourists also. And uh, then branch out from there, go go uh, south from there, and within the next uh, four, three, four blocks. There's some very interesting areas, malls, downtown, old buildings. Uh, uh, if you, uh, well, that that would be, I'd, I'd go start with Temple Square and go south for a couple or three blocks, and you'll find quite a, quite a bit of, of good material. Yeah, that's good to know. That's good to know. I've been there once, and uh, I want to get back. I like going out west. It's dry. Yes, it is. You know, it seems to rain all the time uh, around here. So, uh-huh. so, uh, so, what's next for you? What are you? Uh, what's on? What's in your plan? Seems like you're doing a lot of travel. Well, we yeah, we're gonna go. Uh, wife and I are probably headed back to um, New England uh, this fall. We're hoping. Uh, we love, you know, travel-wise. I love lighthouses and and. Uh, coast you know when you live in utah of course with 28 years in the army i've been all around the world and and i've been in every one of the states uh, of the union and uh but when you when you live in utah where it, as you mentioned is is so dry that <clears throat> when i get around water that's to me that's pretty exciting stuff when you got marinas and and boat ramps and all those uh, uh, boat docks and and those kinds of places. I tend to focus on those areas when I do in my travel photography. And I'm hoping to spend two or three days being one of those uh, people that your car door bumps into in New York City <laughs> and uh, just try out the New York City scene and the Boston scene and uh, get some street stuff there too. But, you know, a lot of it will be travel uh, in that area, get up into Halifax and uh, some of those areas, and just the beauties, and do it during the fall when we get the fall leaves and color and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
So when you go, well, let me back up a little here. Um, a lot of people say when they when they travel and they go to a new place that they find it overwhelming uh, to photograph because there's just so much there and so much new. I mean, how, how do you uh, approach shooting in a new city or new location like that? I tend to try to plan ahead uh, uh, and make a, sh a shot list of the kinds of things that I want to try to think about. And then at least that's in my head. Now, whether or not I'll get them, uh, that's a different question. But at least I've got something in my head that says, let's let's look for this kind of shot. Obviously, if I'm going there in the fall uh, scenic-wise, I'm looking for lighthouses and beautiful fall colors because New England is f absolutely famous for that. Um, but as far as, as people kind of shots, I have the kinds of things that that attract me, uh, which is usually people in groups talking to each other, sharing times. I'm not so much of, of the fashion photographer style, but if I see a good fashion street shot i'll i'll take it but um yeah i i try to plan ahead and and say okay in this town this is likely the kinds of things i'm going to be able to see and uh so uh, that tends to work but then an awful lot of it is still hey there's some great light or there's some you know to me light on on faces and stuff is so key and, uh, or, you know, there's a great scene, so I'm up for grabbing whatever I can get, but I do try to plan ahead. Yeah. So when you get there, do you go for the postcard shot, get that out of the way and then try other things? Uh, was it, was it in your magazine that I read? No, I read somewhere where, uh, some people do that a lot. I'm, I probably do that. Uh, yeah, subconsciously, yeah. I probably I probably go for some of the postcard shots and then and then go down from there. Yeah, well, I, that wasn't original. I heard I heard Derek Story talking about that the other day on his podcast. So, okay. if you're a fan of his, good podcast by the way, the Digital Story. Um, and just I heard him mention it. I thought that's a good thought. Do that. Get it yeah. out of the way. And then go for some now, more interesting things. The article I read on it wasn't wasn't his, but uh, he would get the postcard shot, and then he would say, "Okay, now I've got that done. It's out of my way. Let's go uh, and see how much different I can get from the postcard shot, but still get the same." thing like if you're in in portland maine and and you want to hit the the world's most famous uh lighthouse there in portland and uh so get the postcard shot and then go see okay now how can i get that same lighthouse in the most unique possible way mm -hmm. and, and he comes up with some pretty creative stuff mm. that's a real good idea yeah because when you're out traveling, you don't just photograph people. There's a lot of other things you want to capture as well. Yeah. There's a lot of beauties of this earth that don't involve people. Well, Scott, so what else What else is going on? Uh, well, like I say, I'm trying to uh, get more 
exposure and stuff on with the blog and and use utilize it more and enjoy it myself more and and uh, uh, the I also there's a link to a website there that needs to be updated a lot and and working on that and uh, getting out and and doing the that kind of photography I'm also a uh, I do a lot of photography for uh, my church uh, as a as a volunteer, when a lot of it gets uh, published both online and uh, in our church magazines and stuff, which go out worldwide. And uh, so I spend a lot of time uh, in that realm, uh, which is which is fun and and very rewarding. Yeah, that's a whole other point. Is you know using your skill and your gift as a photographer to help your community well uh, yeah a couple when i started to to plan for my retirement and thought i'm going to retire now what am i going to do with my photography one of the things i wanted to do was see how i could could serve others and one of the things is with the the blog and serving and, and instructing but also there are lots of opportunities out there i also photograph occasionally for a group called um Oh, now why am I drawing a blank here? Of course, on 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 air, but uh, it it goes in with refugees and underprivileged and uh, sets up a day, and they have like fifteen or sixteen photo stations, and then they have interview stations, and they make books about these children and give them to the children to tell them how important they are in their life and you know they like i said they may be refugees they may be underprivileged they may be uh minorities that are very distinctly minority in that area or something like that but kids who might not otherwise uh have much of a self image because of the uh, environment that they're in and uh, their social situation and so they make these little books for these kids that they can keep throughout their life and uh, just shows them in all of the most positive and best ways and so I like to go and, and be a part of that type of thing and there are just there are tons of opportunities to uh, use your photography for service yeah, that's a great point, and that's something we all need to think about. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, but before we go, I wonder if you could tell everybody where they can find your website and find you in your other social media presences. Well, first of all, let me say thanks for uh, giving me this opportunity. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed your, your magazine. You've got great articles every single month, and I need to submit a couple articles to you, too, for the future if I come up with anything anything uh, you know that might be interesting to everybody. But, yeah, please do. Uh, at... Um, scottlawphotography.com I mean it's all one word Scott Law Photography uh, the problem if you if you google Scott Law you you end up with a lot of law law firms all over the country <laughs> from uh, guys uh, named Scott right Scott Jones and yeah yeah Jones Scott and and Gridley uh, law firms and things like that but anyway um, and if you just google Scott Law there's some some musicians and things like that out there too. But anyway, so scottlawphotography.com on Flickr. I'm uh, at, interestingly enough, I'm at uh, Flickr, Flickr.com slash photos slash 
bull rhino bull underscore rhino uh i don't know where i picked that up a few years ago but i did and so i i used a lot of bull rhino kind of thing but um and then but on the website if you go up to the top it has the links to or you know the blog uh, Scott Law Photography, you've got links to the Flickr and the and the Facebook. I haven't been using much 500 pixels lately. I'm not sure exactly why. I just uh, have dropped off on it pretty much. But Flickr, uh, Facebook, Flickr, and, uh, and also there's a link to my website, which is woefully uh, behind times on where I should be with it, but anyway. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I have too many. Most of yeah. them aren't updated. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where I am. Okay. But you do a good job on keeping the uh, Street Photography Magazine oh. uh, updated, and I appreciate that. I've enjoyed that. Yeah, that's, uh, of course, that that's job one. And i got to give kudos to our editor, Ashley Hunsberger. If it wasn't for Ashley... It wouldn't look so good. So, yes. Well, okay, Scott. Well, thanks. Well, thank you. And uh, have a wonderful day to everybody.